Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 62 of the podcast and thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to listen to what we're producing. Now, before I get into today's guest, which you're going to really enjoy, I just wanted to mention that uh, we have finally finished our Energetic Education app. So this is only available on iTunes at the moment. So if you go to the App Store, you can download our app for free. Uh, You can either type in Energetic Education and it should be the first app that comes up or you can search Dale Sidebottom and then you'll be able to see uh, the other apps that we've created that are really engaging and really popular with teachers all around the world. Now, what our Energetic Education app is all about is it's got every blog we've created, all our YouTube videos, our meditations, our musical workouts, our sports adventures, but also it's got every episode of our podcast and they update weekly uh, when we release our podcast. So you can go on there, you can see everything we're doing in this one simple, easy app and the best thing about it is free. It is only available at the moment though on iTunes. So Google Play Store, if this app gets a lot of interest and people really like it, we'll look at developing one down the track. So go on, check that out, subscribe, get involved and never ever miss a beat of what we're creating. Now, On to today's guest, and today's guest, Jace Ferguson, I have known for a long time uh, through the Twitter world and through social media and so forth, and I was fortunate enough to meet him a couple of years ago when we were both presenting in Dubai at Connected PE, Um, and I was blown away with Jace straight away, and we got along really well. We're very similar in our outlook on life, education, and everything we're doing, and I was really drawn to Jace just by his energy and his passion for education. Now, we're going to discuss a number of things today. We're going to talk about wellness, well-being, staying on top of your game, and tips and tricks that Jace has used to just stay dominating and be as passionate today as what he was when he started his teaching career a long time ago, and I'm sorry to mention that. Jace. Um, also, we're going to talk about teaching mottos and mottos that you can create in your life and why we think they're important, passion, and also international teaching. And I know Jace is really passionate about you. Tell he's living in Dubai at the moment, he's Canadian, and he just loves everything he's doing. So um, I'd really like to thank Jace for today's chat because I know you'll get as much out of it as I did. Enjoy, guys. Jace, how are you, legend? Thanks for joining me, mate. I'm great, Dale. Thanks for having me on. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, mate, I'm always good, and it's always a pleasure when I get to catch up with you, mate. And and as we don't catch up in person as much as we'd like to, um, what better way to have you on the podcast? And how's things, mate? Now your school year is wrapping up. Yeah, so we're just approaching our our actually we have a week left of ex- of uh, regular classes, and then we have exams. But it's also uh, the time of year when Ramadan actually Ramadan starts tomorrow, so that. Uh, kind of changes our school day and then changes our students because they're fasting so we have to keep that in mind as we're trying to give them quality lessons but also be respectful of the religious celebration that they're partaking participating in yeah and for people listening you probably tell that uh, jace hasn't grown up in the middle east he's uh teaching in, <laughs> he's teaching in dubai at the moment how how's that cultural difference and just completely uh, different experience than what you had growing up in Canada. Like, is it is it something you, you like and you've come to put your head around? But uh, like, I for me, I, I couldn't imagine what that would be like fasting. I eating food is the highlight of my day. 
<laughs> oh, and, and I'm, I'm right with you in that one. Um, I actually had a really good conversation with some of the students just asking them like kind of the, the, what's the, what are the, what's the whole idea behind it and give me a little bit of history because this is, this is, like you said, this is my adopted home. Like we're in Dubai. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in the cultures and traditions, but the one thing I kind of found is they like the people, the, the Emiratis here in Dubai are more than willing to open up and, sh- and explain to you. They'll, they'll even work with me on how to say it in Arabic, but my Arabic is not very good. So they'll, they'll work with me and kind of, kind of laugh as I try to pronounce certain things. But it's a, it's been really cool to be learning that, that cultural understanding and just to see everything from a different lens and kind of put them, put myself in their shoes in the best way I can. Definitely, mate. And, and do you think that's one of, I suppose, one of the amazing things about being an international teacher and that you're just experiencing these things that you never would at home? Well, yeah, like, I get asked all the time by my students, like, sir, why did you, why did you come to Dubai? Why did you come here? And it's like, there's things I'm experiencing here, both professionally and then in my personal life, where I would not get the opportunity to see that back at home. Like, it's great that I get to be paid and come here. But it's not just the monetary value; it's the it's the experiences. Like I've gotten to go to cult to see countries I never thought I'd be possible to see. Um, I got to meet and connect with some people like yourself, and even just to see and work with a different range of students and the different cultures and the unique uh, needs that they need as as students. It's just been one of the most positive experiences I could ever think of. Yeah. Like, and if I would highly recommend it to anybody. And yeah, mate, and I've, as, as listeners know, I've, I've done my international teaching as well. But one thing about Dubai is I'm, I've been there a few times now and we've both presented together and uh, been to each other's sessions. It's been amazing. It's a, normally a, a cooler time of year when I've been there and I can't walk outside without absolutely dripping in perspiration. Now, how do you go living in that when it gets to above 50 degrees, mate? It, it actually gets to be quite difficult, like especially this time of year. Like right now, it's in a good spot. Like we're hitting about like the low 40s Celsius. The humidity is low. But in June, it gets to be almost 50 degrees with humidity, 100%. And you really got to be mindful of just being outside and how and your activities. Like there's tons of in, indoor activity spaces in Dubai, and that's been one of the cool things I've found is they've they've accommodated for that. So there's areas where you can go play as adults. There's areas where you can go play as kids. There's even little playgrounds where we can take our, our daughters. So they're inside. They've adopted and kind of adapted to that, that environmental need. And there's tons of opportunities here to just get out and play when it's almost too hot to go outside without turning into a puddle. Yeah, I suppose they, they're seeing the benefits of play. And I know we'll get back and talk about that a little bit later. But um, do you find, one thing I found was in Dubai, that the malls seem to be the big hangout place. And, and for people who haven't been to Dubai, the, this one mall in Dubai has got an ice skating rink. It's got an aquarium. It's, I've never seen anything like it. Do you find that that's sort of the, the social hangout place? It is like it's it's a very much a mall culture because when it gets too hot out, where do you want to go? Well, let's all go to the mall. You can go shop there, you can eat there, and like you talked about with Dubai Mall, they have an ice rink, they have the aquarium there. There's another mall that has a ski hill in it, so it's it's not just that Dubai has got to do things big and grandiose, but it's giving people that opportunity to be moving around. Um, a couple of days ago, we actually had a really bad sandstorm. And you couldn't be outside without, like, I went outside without any covering on my nose and actually ended up getting a little bit sick. Like, so where do you go? You go to the indoor parks, you go to the malls where there's offers, like, not only just entertainment, but opportunities move as well. And 
and there's a little bit of shopping to take place too. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, as you just mentioned there, like obviously uh, going outdoors and you've been a Canadian and things like that, you've grown up in the outdoors and um, do you think, how have you managed your, to stay on top of your game and sort of your well-being and so forth when, you know, you, you physically can't live the life that you've been able to? Have you had to change any daily routines or habits or anything <coughs> that you currently do, Jace? Um, I've actually had, we've had it been really flexible on some of the things we've gotten to be able to do. Like one of the things I miss the most about is just going outside and just having some outdoor play, uh, especially like, throughout the trees, through the forest. Like I grew up by the mountains, so even going out in the mountains as well. So it's, it's about finding those times and those places to go about it. And we've had to be really creative. Um, I've actually been quite fortunate here where the school has even put me in places where they've sent me to the mountains with a group of students in the UAE. And we got to do some of the cool things they get to do back home, like rock climbing, traversing, even just hiking. So it's, we've had been kind of creative in finding those, those activities to do. And it's just about being flexible and adapting to what we have available. It's, you just got to make the most of what you have. Yeah, and I love that. And, and do you think the school is aware of, obviously, your needs and your upbringing, your culture, and they've tried to sort of meet you halfway by sending you on trips like that? Well, they also want to put the best person to, with those students as well. And it's like, obviously, being active and playing outdoors is one of my passions, one of my, uh, one of my personality traits, if you will. So they want to, so we get students who sign up for some of those trips. And then we definitely want to have somebody who fits the needs and want to kind of foster that passion within those students who want to be involved, want to be good role models, who want to kind of show them the way through play, if you will. So it's, they're they're quite they're quite aware of who's capable of doing what. Everybody's interested, and they are quite accommodating for that as well. Yeah, I, I like that, mate. I think that's really smart that you're obviously pairing students and teachers up that have got a common interest or are going to be able to provide an experience that's worthy of not only the students but the teachers as well. Now, I want to move on, and um, one for me, mate, is uh, mottos and taglines. And I've been working for the last two weeks on uh, what my motto is, not on just education but in life as well. And I've come up with bring the fun. So wherever I go, I want to bring the fun. And I see yours is learning through movement, mate. Do you want to explain a little bit about this and, and what that means to you? Well, it's it's not only a tagline, but it's it's kind of how I live my life. Like if you if you just try to find me just sitting still for a long period of time, it's not going to happen. Like I need to be up and moving. Um, even through like when we have uh, our school meetings, like I have to be up. We um, we actually have steppers in our library where we have our staff meetings. So I'm usually on the stepper, but I'm always moving. But that's how I learn and how I how I focus myself with that and. To me, learning isn't just a standing and sitting in one spot and absorbing, but it's actually moving with the content and using it so you can make that enduring understanding that's personal to you. So learning through movement is not only just one of my phys ed philosophies, but it's also in my classrooms as well. So even like I teach a sports science class where we look into the intricacies of human movement and the sciences behind it. And it's a lot of hard science, a lot of theories, but finding ways to get the kids moving around and they... And that's where they get to absorb and move, get that material as well. Like to me, when you move, you learn and the two are interconnected and there's no getting around that. 
Yeah, and I, I, mate, that's my motto as well, and I think that's why we get along so well. I, I could not agree more. And I, you'll think back to your schooling days, and I will as well. I couldn't tell you one thing I learned sitting down in the classroom, but I'll tell you a game where I learned something through, or an educational thing where I was outdoors walking and talking and learning at the same time. So I love that, mate. Now tell me a little bit more about these steppers in your meeting. So um, in your library, you've got cardio equipment that you're allowed to go on during meetings. Yeah, and well, there's only four, and there's usually about five of us who try to get in there and fight over it. So, and we just kind of sit there. We got spots where we could stand up, but also have these steppers, and we we, we kind of make a game out of it while we're waiting for everybody to get in there, just get kind of the giggles from the day out and get the sillies out before we get to business. But it's it's just a great way for those people who need to move just to focus and. Staff are free to go on them. They're also available for students throughout the day. If they're in the library, they can go on the steppers as well. It's just a great place where people can stand, or not stand, but move and focus and just have a good time. Mate, I, I think that is amazing. And, and for me personally, I would need that. And I and not only that, it, it's a really sort of counterproductive way. You know, you're getting two things done at once, which is awesome. And I suppose one of the topics I wanted to speak about, I know you're really passionate about this, mate, is um, wellness and staying on top of your game. Now, um I'd like you to maybe share some of the things that you do, and I know you're big into exercise and, and your fitness and so forth, but what are some other things that you do to obviously maintain that amazing positive outlook on life that you have? Well, and, and that's exactly what it is, and I feel like I do that by, by maintaining a, a good healthy balance. Like With anything in life, you have to find that balance in things. Um, people are creatures of habit, and Sometimes not, habits aren't necessarily healthy towards that or positive towards building that wellness and that balance. So one of the things like I've really had to be aware of recently is just maintaining that balance. Um, I talked to you about before just uh, transitioning from my career to the various roles and finding trying to find that balance between that to then becoming a father and then becoming a husband and all those other great things. So I think the key to that wellness and that positive outlook is to have that balance and to adjust accordingly. One of the things that I've had to learn within the past few years is just simply the power of no, like how to say, I'm sorry, I would love to do this, but I cannot be, I cannot give the quality attention to this because I'm being pulled in different directions. It's, that's probably been one of the hardest lessons because I, I loved working with the kids. I love being a part of the school community. I love being helping our staff members. But there's just some times where we have to say, do I have the time to do this and do this well? And does this align to my balancing act? So that's been one powerful lesson I've had to learn is just that little phrase, no, but the, the powerful use they could actually have. And I'm, I, I read a book called Essentialism and it's all about saying no because it's so, it is probably one of the hardest things you could do and if you're one of those teachers that feel uh, like overworked and swamped, it's probably because you're taking on too many things and I totally agree mate, by saying no, once you start doing that it's, it's really hard at the start and it's probably like if you're addicted to smoking or alcohol, it's probably hard to give up at the start but then once you start doing it, geez, you feel good. So Mate, I, I think that's an amazing tip for teachers out there, the power of saying no, don't take too much on. Is there any other uh, little tips for teachers out there that may be struggling or may just something they could action straight away on improving their overall well-being? So one of the things I've – another thing besides saying no is just that, that quality over the quantity. So if 
once you prioritize things, what's that ideal quality that you want to find in it? Like being is it your professional development or your wellness journey or your fitness journey is ultimately you need to set goals. And that's the almost the second hardest thing besides saying no is setting realistic and attainable goals and monitoring them. And you need to have a system that works for you. There's so many different ways people can set goals and monitor their goals. There's different apps. But it has to be almost tailor-made to how you're going to hold yourself accountable to doing those sorts of things. I use a different way for the different aspects in my life. Like for my fitness goals, I use a different method than my professional goals. I have a different way of quantifying and qualitating the goals and the steps I need to take to get to a certain spot and then taking the time to reflect and evaluate. So that's the uh, that's the other thing is being reflective in that practice, like what's going well and being honest and even going out and asking for that outside uh, honesty, reflecting on it, readjusting and then continuing forward towards that goal. Yeah, I, I'm so, so good, mate. If, if people don't have goals, they're sort of on a treadmill, they're sort of just breezing through life and they don't really have anything they're trying to aspire to. Now, um, I, I love goal setting and I used to do it yearly and for me that's changed now. I set goals every three months or every 12 weeks. Um, do you do similar? Have you just got ones once you achieve them, you set a new one or how do you go about that? And I know you just mentioned you use it differently for different aspects of your life, but just generally, how do you set your goals? Like, and I'm a big picture type of guy. Like, I like to look at the big picture, and then I kind of plan backwards from that. So I look at where do I want, where do I want this to be, or where do I want to be at this point in time. So usually I take a look at like, like a year in advance, and then I chunk it into steps. Okay, what things do I need to accomplish to make this happen? And the thing is, I've I'm always stepping back and reflecting. Okay, where am I at? Is this goal realistic for where I'm at now, or is this goal going to be realistic when I get to a different point in my life? So it's I'm almost in the same sense as you, like setting to, setting those goals. But I'm not resetting. I'm just evaluating and readjusting those goals based on that reflection that I have and my evaluation of the situation. So it's always that adjusting and then realigning, so that you're still in that movement forward in progress towards that ultimate end goal. Yeah, good. I, I think that's really well said, mate. And, and as you mentioned before, you, your life's changed recently. You've got a baby. You've got a, an amazing wife. Um, work's going really well for you. And not only that, you run a really, really cool web page called The Tin Can Fused, mate. How do you manage to uh, stay on top of your game, I suppose, and give, give your all to everything you're doing? Um, sometimes working when the, when our little one napping, that's always a great way to get some quality time into work. Okay, yeah, um, cool. <laughs> but it's, it's setting that quality time aside. And I, like when I would talk with my students about write, writing and just making a rough draft before you make a product and just taking that time, like whenever inspiration hits you, like I could be, I could have just be out for a walk or I could be out with my family and something hits me and I just make a quick note of it. And then I step back and kind of expand on that, um, like this year, I kind of set myself like I'm going to try these new new ways to assess and get students involved in assessment in my PE classroom. I'm just going to document it. We're going to evaluate this in six months, and I'm going to see what it's like at the end of the year. So it's it's kind of giving me that clear line so that I know what I need to be talking about and writing about, and also reflecting on when it comes time to add that content to that web page. And ultimately, it's it's all about that. It's about reflecting on some of the, some of the things that I'm doing here, some of the successes, some of the struggles, some of the things that I'm learning and trying to communicate that in the best way possible where people can benefit from that. 
Yeah, nice. And, and, and I love how honest and open you are with everything you put on your website. And um, you're really putting it out there and showing that, you know, some people probably don't like to say, yeah, this hasn't worked well. This is what I'm working on. And you, you're always fighting for feedback and, and you're really pushing yourself that way. What has been uh, the biggest learning curve or the biggest thing you've learned yourself from starting your web page? Um, it's actually one of the things that inspired the thing I'm doing this year is changing the complete focus of my delivery of pedagogy and PE. Um, just even talking about it, I mean, being involved with the IB and the PYP system, it's, uh, it's, a, it's transitioning from a focus on what they can do to an understanding of why it's important. So the conceptual and the main focus. And that's been taking a big part on like my planning and how I even look at it. And I've been really finding this journey quite, quite impactful. So even just talking about like changing to a values base instead of a competency based approach, and like, and I've been writing about that in my blog. And I've had some people message me about this. Like, this is this is great, but how, well, where can I start, or how can I get going? And ultimately, you just got to kind of sit back and like, okay, what are the values that we're ultimately trying to pr- trying to promote and develop in our students? And I really want. I'm really trying to stay away from the idea of foster. Because we're trying to promote and develop, those are things that are already inside our students. We need to find a way for them to realize it and take ownership and kind of develop it on their own. If, once that happens, that's true learning. Correct, so, because you're, you're setting them up with the right tools, but then they're actually figuring it out themselves. And that's, as you said, that's when the magic happens, mate. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's almost like you're the, you're the daddy bird waiting for your baby birds to fly, and you just got to let them go sometimes and... If they fly, they fly. If they don't, you support them and help them do it again. Yeah, well, and and you know best. The only way you're going to learn is it's not a, it's not a fail. It's uh, it's a learning curve. So then you do it better the next time. And and if you don't have those fails, then you're never going to learn, are you? Well, exactly. And you have to embrace failure. Like you, failure is not a scary bad thing. And I've been having the struggle with my student uh, culture here. Is they're, like there's such a, a fear of failure, but my look at it is like, why is failing bad? Do you know how many times I've failed in my life at something? But look at the success and look at the journey I'm on now. It is Failure is not a bad thing. It's a learning moment. If you miss that learning moment, that's the true, true sad part behind it. It's not that the event and the failure happened, but you missed that learning moment. Yeah, you definitely did. And, and I know that you just obviously gave examples that you fail in that. Do you use a lot of like, you know, give the students stories and, and past experiences of where, you know, you have made these mistakes and you've learned from them or so forth like that? Oh, I definitely have. Like, I, I like to always let the kids know, like, I'm human, I make mistakes. So a lot of the times, like, even just to be having conversations, uh, students love to hear about well, my first teaching job when I taught uh, with violent high-risk youth. And um, they love hearing about some of, some of the stories that usually resulted from me being right out of university, taking different approaches and not necessarily knowing and getting a handle on how to work with this difficult student population. They mostly liked it because usually those failures ended up in some sort of altercation. But the, <laughs> the, the idea behind that was the, the steps I took to overcome those obstacles. Because like I tell the students, like that was probably the worst teaching environment you could possibly think of. But I wanted to go through it to see if I was ready to, to be that high quality educator I wanted to be one day. And if I could handle that environment and go through those failures and successes, then... Then I, 
well, working with these kids in Dubai, it's nothing compared to working with, the, with my at those schools, my first uh, first job. And, I, and and what that does as well is it really makes you appreciate everything you've got now. Whereas if you have just gone straight to Dubai, you were straight at um, the American school that you're at, which I know is a fantastic school, uh, then you probably wouldn't appreciate it, would you? Well, and that's exactly it. Is it's about an appreciation of what you have and. Like throughout my career, I've gotten to see some great schools, some amazing schools, and I've gotten to be in some schools that are on a journey who are working for those spaces. But it's been it's been those learning experiences that impact me that make me really grateful for the position I'm at now, the amazing school we're at now, and the opportunities that are provided in this situation. Yeah, I think that's really well said, mate. Now, one of one of the big things I know is spoken about, obviously, teacher well-being and wellness and so forth. How do you manage your students, and what sort of what sort of tips out there do you give to other teachers listening if they want to, uh, you know, implement a little bit more of student well-being or just little tips that they could implement with their program to get the results that you're getting? Um, one of the big things is just making play purposeful and making it available. It's like, like we talked about earlier, is we're we're kind of in a mull culture here, and with that comes that that lack of understanding about how I could be active and be moving on my own. So just finding opportunities to find moments just to play and just to have fun and enjoy it and just unplugging from your devices and just taking that moment to realize like, hey, we have a giant playground around us or we have these opportunities to be engaged in some social play. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, uh, it's just trying to take those moments and then really exemplify them. Uh, one of the things I've been really pushing this year is having my I have a leadership class as well where I have students actually design play opportunities for the other students and in a mentorship role so um, one of the things they designed was a scorpion challenge so they came up with the ideas like okay we want to do this course we want to have have the homes go through and make a little friendly competition and they they grew into such a big event where we had almost 200 students on our on our pitch running these courses, cheering each other on. Kids came out of other classes to come play. I had to apologize to a bunch of teachers because their kids <laughs> left their class. And it's, and it's really been kind of growing to that. But it's, it, one of the things I've learned with that is giving the students an active role in it. It's, it's one thing if we as adults and educators design it, but fostering and developing those students to design those opportunities, that, that's where the true power happens. Uh, mate, exactly right. And I suppose... Does that sort of, with physical literacy, I know you're really big into it and, and everyone's got their different take on it, but is that sort of your role that you see once, you know, obviously kids are running out of different classes and hopefully that will be lifelong learning that they'll be able to use once they've left you at school? Is, is that sort of your model and your method that you go with? Well, ultimately, like ultimately, when the kids leave leave the school, I want I want them to have the tools to be successful in life, being that's academics, being that's in business, being or in that's in just wellness. I really emphasize in the wellness part because your body and your ability to be move and be healthy that's one thing you can never get away from. Um, that's one thing that get, goes with you your entire lifespan. So having the understanding and the values of why physical activity and physical literacy is important. And to apply those in different contexts, like like for me, even in, in in my professional career, like there's things I learned through sports, there's things I've learned through PE and just being active that I've applied in in some of my leadership roles as well. So it's been I I've always made those connections because I'm just that movement type of person. I was always that athletic kid growing up and involved in in playing sports. 
So that's just how I connected everything to what I'm doing in life. And I'm trying to help students realize like those can, those things are connected and the successes in one are built off the successes of another. Great. Jeez, uh, you are sounding spot on. I'm really enjoying that, Jason. Now, I'm going to just ch- change it up a little bit here, mate. We're going to go just some sort of quick responses off the top of your head. Now, if you were a teacher, which you are, and you could only have one item, so one item that you were teaching with, what would that be? A ball. Because you could do... And you can do anything with a ball. You can, those things are so versatile. They're not only can you play games, but you can make it into learning opportunities. Like you could do anything if you have enough creativity and simply a ball. I, I, I love that, mate. A lot of people would say like an iPad or an iPhone or a computer or something like that. But going back to basics, just using an old school ball and you can create anything with that. And I think that's fantastic, mate. And it shows a lot about your philosophy on education and everything like that. And I suppose that leads into my next one. Um, I'm massive on icebreakers and engagement and getting students moving before we actually start any learning. Um, Have you got a go-to icebreaker, a team-building activity that is a proven winner? Um, There's one I love to do, and it's called Captain's Coming. And you, you don't need any equipment to do it. You just need a space. And... You, as you get going through this, so I, I'd be the captain and everyone else is my crew. I would have them give them directions. I was like, okay, well, let's, you're going to run to the port side. You're going to run to the bow side, starboard. Give them all those different things. But then you could add in different movements as well. So uh, I love using it with my volleyball uh, athletes because it gets them moving. It gets them, I could also work on some like fundamental movement skills in terms of locomotive and are they being low. We can start throwing in activities and just being creative and making a sport specific. Uh, with that one, especially with volleyball, I say, okay, now you guys, we're going to be seals. And seal, what do the seals do? And Well, they slide in their bellies. So make them have to dive and slide, do a chest dive when I, yell, when I yell seal time. So it's just being fun, being silly, but really emphasizing the fundamentals of any type of activity. Yeah, I love that he incorporated that. Now, I'm really a big fan of this game as well. Do you have the saying, Captain's Daughter? Ooh la la. Do you do that one? <laughs> I, I always do the mermaid one where one person becomes the rock by kneeling down. The other person's the mermaid by sitting on them. They have to wave and go, ooh. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used that one. I, I just do the uh, Captain's Daughter, but I love that, the mermaid. I'll have to uh, incorporate that next time I play it. Oh, when it's a bunch of high school boys, it's just it's it's probably the funniest thing you ever see because you'll get those guys who get right into it and even pucker the lips and go, "Ooh, hi, coach!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, last question, Jason. I know you mentioned uh, obviously end of school year. There's a lot of things happening. What's the future hold for you, mate? What uh, what have you got coming up? Uh, well, as soon as like we get released on June 28th, and I fly home June 29th with my with my family to go visit uh, my family, but I also take the summer to go. I also play lots of softball and uh, well, slow pitch if you're in Canada, softball if you're everywhere else, and getting kind of reconnecting with my friends who I've been playing with for years. So we're going to do that a little bit. We're back in Dubai next year where um, there's, a, there's some few potential possibilities at our school for me to be stepping into different roles, but none of that is for sure at this point. But all I know is that it's an interesting time. There's a lot of great changes that are coming to the school, coming uh, to not only myself, but to my wife as well. So we're definitely looking forward to the next actually couple couple years. We're really looking forward to it. I love that, mate. And, and as 
as teachers listening will be able to tell that you are a wealth of knowledge and your energy is infectious. And that's why, obviously, I wanted to chat with you today, man. I love seeing you in person. Um, you're on Twitter. Can you please explain your handle? <laughs> so, um, so we've actually we had this conversation with our school's been really pushing everybody to go on Twitter. And uh, my my our director's like, well, look at Jason's Twitter. Someone puts up their hand. He's like, can you explain where Grand Muchacho came from? And uh, and you know, it was actually like it came from my second my my ball family. So the so the guys that I play uh, slow pitch and softball with, and we we were just playing around one day. We we're making names for jerseys, and I just said, okay, I just want this number, but then I don't care what it is. So. The one guy, I didn't even know what was on the back of my jersey at the time. It just He put it up as Grand Muchacho, and then it just kind of stuck. So then I have actually brought that to Dubai on my jerseys, and, I, and some of the team I play with, they're, from, they're, they're Spanish-speaking, and they look at me, they're like, you do realize you spelled Grand wrong in Spanish. <laughs> and I look at them, I'm like, hey, it's Canadian Spanish. It's, it's, just, it's not my fault. <laughs> I um I wanted to I've just been holding that on because for for me obviously and so many teachers out there everyone's got a really professional one and I love it mate it's just a light-hearted funny name I think it's fantastic well it's also that it kind of goes to my whole what I love my life but there's times where you can be serious like life can be serious but and I think I, I even take this from an old movie so it's like if you take life too seriously you're not going to make it out it's you got to enjoy those moments. You got to look for those moments to play and just simply enjoy yourself. Because in, in in each and every one of us, there's a kid inside who just wants to have a good time. And we can be adults. We can be responsible. But I think we often miss that we're here to also enjoy ourselves as well. We definitely are, mate. Life's too short to be too serious all the time, I reckon. Now, for people that don't have Twitter, or for teachers, if you're listening, I go on about this all the time. You need to be on it. It's absolutely amazing. But um, your, your Tin Can Phys Ed page, your blog, your contact information on there, how can we find you there, matey? So if you just go to my webpage, it's at uh, WordPress at Tin Can Phys Ed, or even just Google Tin Can Phys Ed, and it should definitely take you to the page. And... All my contact information is there. My again on Twitter uh, at Grand Muchacho. So <laughs> I just I just think you like hearing that word Muchacho. <laughs> oh, it's made, it's made my podcast episode, mate. People at home probably think I'm a bit silly, but I've really enjoyed hearing about that. Now, Jace, I know you were at school at the moment, and I really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for being on the podcast, buddy, and uh, look forward to catching up soon. All right, thanks a lot for this opportunity, Dale, and thank you everybody for listening. It's uh, looking forward to connecting with all of you.